Scoop Jackson cares. He knows everything about basketball. He has a scoop on every story ever in the history of the game. I don't know. I don't know. That's true, man. ESPNChicago.com, NBA Insider. Like I always say, uh, best in the business. All right. So the NBA. I like the playing games. I, I again, anything that's playoff worthy, hockey, basketball, soccer, you name it. Uh, I watch it. Yeah. Uh, your your thoughts on where the NBA is at right now from this playing format uh, to talk? Uh, are they still talking about that middle of the year tournament? heard any conversations about the middle of year tournament that doesn't mean they're not talking about it because they put it on the table and everything and this is across the board in professional sports you already know this man uh that unless it's removed from the table as long as it's on the table it can always re- you know it can, it can always resurface they can bring it up at any time and a lot of time what happens in professional sports and even in you know well i'll call college professional sports as well at least in the ncaa is they like to go year to year to see how things go and they don't totally shelve anything. Uh, you know how long they've been look, – look at baseball, how long they've been talking about, like, trying to make the games quicker. That's been like a five-year conversation. And then they tried it out, you know, in double-A, triple-A. They tried it out in the minors, and it took a while for it to get up to get to the major leagues. But it never really left the table. So it's the same thing applies here. I, I haven't heard anything about them scrapping it. So as long as it's not scrapped, it's on the table. It's just a matter of when they're going to find a way to try to implement it. But that's a year-to-year decision. You know, I think the NBA has a bigger issue. Um, I think One, I think the playing tournament is great. That's good. It, it ignites and reinvigorates the interest for the postseason. Um, but I think they really, really need to deal with um, the, the, I don't want to say the load management, but the time off being taken during the regular season by the amount of players who tend to take it. And teams who seem to implement that on their players, even when the players don't want to take those games off. I think that's going to become a bigger issue. And that's one they need to put on the table and deal with immediately. Right, and I've always said if the guys want it off, then shorten the season. But you know they're not going to do that with their TV deals and their arena uh, revenue. That's never happening, right? No, and it's never happening from a historical standpoint as far as like stats and numbers and, you know, legacies. They're just not going to do that. They're not going to have a PR nightmare where you have a player like like the LeBron Jordan conversation. Like they're not going to risk having that type of PR nightmare where if LeBron played in an era where they were playing 70 games as opposed to 82. And he played 20 years at 70 games as opposed to Jordan playing 20 at you know what I'm saying? At, at 82 games a season, do you know how bad that would hurt the NBA right now in this GOAT conversation that's been going on for the last 10 years? Because the first thing they say is, oh, he didn't have to play as many games, Jordan. So now you're ending that legacy conversation, and that becomes a PR nightmare for the whole league. And there's something they can never do. So now we'd be in a conversation, well, you know, now we got to up the games back to 82 so we can have this conversation. And then LeBron's legacy would have an asterisk by it, which is really not good. So I don't think that's something they would ever do, ever. Scoop, uh, what's an objective look at the NBA right now? Uh, you mentioned they have to work on the load management. You know, people buy a ticket when uh, tickets go on sale to start a season and all of a sudden Steph Curry isn't playing in New Orleans. I'm speaking hypothetically, just talking about it. I, I agree with you. That's a big issue. 
when you look at uh, the league, the TV ratings can be all over the place. The all-star formats uh, squirrely. What would you do if you were commissioner of the NBA today to get the juice back across the country, Scoop? What would be your plan of action? Here's the thing, man, and I think this is a real discussion, and I know you and I don't have that much time to have it, but I think it's a real discussion that we need to have, and it's going to take time to get to the bottom of this because are we talking about public interest or are we talking about money? Because according to the NBA, they had more sellouts this year and attendance was up. Like you said, TV ratings, maybe not so much. I know the All-Star game was something bad, but I don't know if you start gauging that. We don't have the end-of-season numbers from a television standpoint. But if attendance was up and they had more sellouts than they had before and offenses are up and merchandise sales are out, you know, how do we, what are we gauging this on? Is it just general public interest and public conversation? Because if the owners, where are they, where are they really deciding where the core money is? Because if, if, if they're, if their numbers, if their live numbers are up as far as attendance are concerned, and they're having more sellouts, that means every arena is generating income that they had not generated before. That means concession stands money up. That means merchandise sales up. Everything's going up inside the arena. But television money may be down. Media interest may be down. Public interest may be down, but they're still making money. I agree so with you, Scoop. If I'm, the, if, I'm, if I'm the commissioner, I don't know where to start. Well, you know, Roger Goodell's in there to make money for the owners, and that's why they pay him like $50 million bucks a year and just gave him a new deal. When I look at Matt Ishbia, the former Michigan State player, big Michigan State booster, he, he paid $4 billion for the Suns. Thank you. Sales, overall sales for teams are up. $4 billion. Think about it. I don't know. What, what were the Suns originally bought for? $750 million, something like that? I'm, 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 yes. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front. I, I think what it is, Scoop, and, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. I, I think that TV numbers are down everywhere uh, for a few reasons, and and I think there's so much out there right now. Uh, Nine thousand cable satellite channels. You can watch it on your mobile device. You can tape it. Uh, I, I think going to the arenas, the NBA. The one thing I will say, most of their arenas are new. Uh, they offer a lot of amenities, uh, like you know Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. So, uh, and also going to see the stars in person, and that goes back to your load management issue that you brought up in the beginning. That yeah. when you look at the stars, and and you can travel right now, and this is why I think the arenas are are are, are filling up because people want to get maybe the last look at LeBron or or right. Steph. I'm not saying they're close to retirement, but I'm just you know talking that they're getting up there. In basketball years, you, you have great stars like Luca, who says he's happy now. Uh, Kyrie, the team killer, Irving uh, down there. <laughs> Luca, Luca never had an issue ever at a press conference any place. And the next thing you know, the guy is like, you know, he, he's dribbling a basketball on the ledges of high rises in Dallas. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I, Kyrie just uh, and Luca. Luca goes, yes, I'm happy in uh, Dallas and world is round. Okay, there we go. Okay, <laughs> but but look at the Kyrie to Kyrie, the world is flat. So now you I, got problems right there. You know, and another thing, scoop is that, and I, I brought this up before we went to you that the the politics of the NBA from a uh, and you know Twitter media perception, what's out there right now, the politics I think splintered. 
a lot of uh, people, and it has in businesses, uh, sports, uh, neighborhoods, schools. Uh, I think that's part of it. Uh, and I also believe that the, the load management, that, that's the TV that's killer. The, yeah, the, the, the load management, because what's going on? we got a plane landing right now. Superfly, put him on hold, and I'll come back to him for a second. No, don't drop him. Put him on hold. I don't. I, I put him on hold. I'll go. All right, you might have to call him back. We just got the airplane thing again. Here, you call him back. You give Scoop a call back. We were in the middle of like one of the greatest NBA conversations ever. We get that airplane, the huge jet, taken off. <laughs> I think Chuck Cox out of Northern Jet Management has the huge jet out there, and we like to play the sound when it's taken off. That happens about once a week. I don't know why. And I was talking to Scoop. Was it his phone, maybe? Did his phone die? Superfly, you can't say, hold on a second, when I'm doing live radio. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Scoop, every once in a while, we get a the huge, I have a private jet. When it takes off, we like to play the audio, and it just totally took over when you were, uh, we were right in the middle of a cool conversation about yeah, fans. I mean, you were getting to, we were getting to the importance of, you know, laying out everything of what the NBA has to deal with, but you were, you were about to go on your um, closing argument about low management. Yeah, low management just said, if, if you know, if you settle in to watch, I'll say the Pistons and... Golden State on TV and the games in Detroit, or it's in Oakland, wherever, San Francisco now. And all of a sudden they announce at the start of the game that uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are sitting out. You're clicking the TV off. You're clicking right. it. You're clicking well, it off. You're right. You're right. But, here's, but let's, to me, it's bigger than just that because what you're speaking about is an individual game. I'm talking about the way it affects across the board because you say, okay, like you said, Detroit may be playing the Golden State Warriors, and now you see that Clay and and Steph may be out. One for rest, the other for a legitimate injury, and maybe they're sitting down. And, and you have Andrew Wiggins, who is not there because of family issues, right? Okay, so you go to another game and say, okay, well, I'm going to watch the Clippers and the Suns. And then you find out, oh, KD is down because of injury. Paul George is down because of injury. Kawhi sitting because he just wants to sit. You know, I did, Chris Paul, they're resting him because they didn't want him to play back-to-back. Okay, well, I'm now going to watch the Pelicans and the Miami Heat. Damn, Jimmy Butler's resting. You know what I'm saying? Zion's injured. Uh, Brandon, you know, Ingram is, is sitting down because they don't want him on a back-to-back because he's recovering from an injury. So what I'm saying is that, yes, you're speaking about one game, but my thing is you go across the board every night, and there's always something. So that turns you off to the whole league, not just one. It's not just affecting one game. It's across the board where you're like, okay, I, there could be 10 games on in the NBA, you know, on you know, one night in the NBA, and every 10 games, somebody is of significant missing. And that's what I think takes its toll. Not just the one-off in one game. It's across the board every night. Yeah, I think they just got to start something that if there's uh... – you know, you got to play a certain percentage. You got to play a half. You have to do something, and there's a limit that if you don't play a certain amount of games without 
uh, legit medical issues. No, but, but do you know, I'm not cutting you off, but you know, well, the Players Association is going I to know. come back at them so hard. What do you do? So all I'm trying to do is get back to your first question. If you were commissioner, or you said if I was I'd expand the rosters so, then. What's I'd, the first thing you do? What, I'd, what's I'd, the first I'd, thing you do? I'd expand the rosters. To what? I don't know. I mean, what, what are they at right 15. now? What, what, are they at 15 right now or 16? Uh, we are allowed to play every game. We keep 15-15 on the roster. Yeah, but then again, who the, a young no-name guy isn't going to be appealing to anybody for TV or – uh, and that's a catch twenty two. I agree. When we're seeing the yes. the Suns are sold for four billion, if they're filling arenas, and there's not that connection for street talk. But then again, when you look at everything out there, when you look at the evolution of UFC, when you look at all the sports offerings, the NFL now has become yes. almost a year round entity, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And the NBA exactly. used to own it from Christmas until you know mid June uh, with the NBA right. Finals, and you have. Right. You have the the emergence of soccer. Uh, you look at everything that they're up against, and I, I just think the NBA compared to the NFL. Uh, I don't think Major League Baseball does a great job of marketing their product, uh, but man, I, the NBA, like NBA TV, and I know they have Chuck and Kenny and Shaq and everything with TBS TNT crew, but you know that NBA TV should be a, a bigger channel like NFL. Uh, network, uh, the NBA network, they they need more marketing. And I get there's TikTok, Twitter, the social networks, all that. And I think there's just a combination of things that yeah. you had. You had the pandemic. Yeah. You had you have load management. You oh, you had the politics before load management. I don't think politics have really dominated the NBA uh, this year, last eighteen months. Um, so what do you do? I mean, I I think it's is it. I'm trying to answer your question. What do you, you said, what is the, what's the first thing you do as commissioner? What do you, that's why I said I would have to find a way to try to deal with the issues of players not playing. I don't want to just throw it on low management because I, I think there's an injury situation that's right. really, really legit and has been legit over years. I agree. But they have to find a way to get players. And do you stretch the, the season? Way to get healthy. Do you stretch I'm, the season and give more time off? Do you start the season earlier in October, right? And, I don't I don't, I don't. think that's going to stop anything. I really don't know if that stops anything. I really don't know. So what do they you do? Know, what would you do, Scoop? I, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, I'd find a way to address it in a way that at least we start the conversation and let everybody know that this yeah. is primary. And the second thing I think we need to address or at least discuss, how do you qualify or quantify public interest at a, at a dollar value because you just made a great point about the NFL and how it's up and the NFL network works and, 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 and it's a good thing. There seems to be a great public interest in the NFL and I don't know how you quantify that in two dollars. How do you modify that in the dollar? Like, hey, as long as the public is talking about us in a positive way and that general interest is continually bringing dollars into this business. And the NFL can say, hey, public interest is up because now everybody's talking about the NFL 24-7. Like, what the, uh, the, the ESPN stands, uh, Get Up is basically an NFL show. It's an NFL show. That's yeah, all they it, talk it, about NFL. And, that, and, and if that creates public interest because if you have a show that's on ESPN that is an NFL daily show, and that creates public interest so that every day throughout – even off season, everybody's talking about the NFL because Get Up is an NFL-driven show. 
if that generates public interest and you can quantify that for dollars, that could be the savior. So now the NBA is looking, okay, well, where's our morning show that's going to get public interest up every day? Do we need to create that on ESPN? Do we need to create that on TNT? You know, where do we do this? Where we get a major network, you know, or is it something on Fox? Yeah, but, you know, Scoop. You know, Fox Sports, I don't right, know. Right, I don't know. That's why I go back and forth, because we can sit here and debate it, but if you slow down what you said earlier in our discussion, and you look at Matt Ishbia paying $4 billion for the Suns, and life is pretty good in the NBA right now, whether it's politics, whether it's fan interest, whether it's load management, whether it's too many games, whatever it is, that Matt Ishbia, a smart businessman from Michigan, looked at the books, looked at the Suns, looked at projections, and said, I'm going to pay you $4 billion, with a B, for your yes. franchise. Yes, and here's the deal. He knows at this point in time, that that four billion with one championship there, you know how fast they make that money back. Man, I tell you, well, you got a billion for Devin, and then uh, Durant becomes your uh, president of operations. That's another billion contract. So yeah, you got you're paying out some double scoop, man. I, I love catching up with you. We could, me and you could talk for like nine hours. You want to get a morning NBA show? It should be me yeah. and you. We could talk yeah. all day. Man. Yeah, we should get that, that podcast on, on point and, and get ESPN to put us on, on morning air. You could be like, hey, you're better than Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah, but the, the combined, we would never even come Who else? It's like Max Kellerman. How'd the boxing commentator go from being a rock star in ESPN? Hey, look, they, they, they find a way. They find a way to get the public interested in them. I think, I think you and I may be too... A little too boring and make people think too much. Yeah, we are boring. We're old. Thanks a lot, Scoop, for that pump me up right at the end of the interview. I love you, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Love too, man. Talk yeah, soon. Yeah, back at you, Scoop Jackson. I've known him since late 90s. He had Slam Magazine. Some of you who follow Who's will remember that. And I met him when I was working at ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Good man.